Yo, what up, what up, and welcome to another brand new episode of the award-winning, world-famous, Behind the Baller podcast. I am your host, Ben Baller, not Ben Humble. And today is not only the weekend wrap-up, but it's fan question interview time. All right, this is where you, the listeners, interview me, the Korean John Cusack. Um, of course, this show is produced by the multi back to back to back to back podcast producers of the year, the Dust Brothers, Miles and Jordan. So that means that this show is recorded in 8K high Doge Finition sound. And this is not amateur podcasting. This is strictly professional podcasting, guys. Okay. Professional podcasting. That means museum quality podcasting. All right, guys, look, I'm going to be straight up. I got the bubble guts, right? I took some fucking hangover recovery supplements yesterday, and it gave me the shitties. That's terrible. But just letting you know, thank God for Modium AD and Pokari Sweat, because that combo alone should get me right, right. Okay, I'm feeling a little better right now. Let's see. By the way, and a banana. A banana is the best thing to eat when your stomach is fucked up. I mean, I'm pretty sure most of you guys do know that, right? Or before a long flight, if you're going on anything over five hours, you're going on a 15-hour flight, have two bananas. If you look at like, you know, bike riders who ride Tour de France and all that shit that run like, you know, 100 miles on a fucking bicycle, they have a banana because it's easy to digest. It will not fuck your shit up. It actually neutralize your shit, all right? No more shit talking. Yeah, so... um. It was uh, Kaya's birthday this weekend. Forgot to mention on the pod beforehand. It was just got so much on my mind, right? And uh, we got a lot of shit coming up, man. Um, we got my boy Brian who has a Deadstock app. He's a Filipino entrepreneur. No bullshit. This dude is Filipino. Coming to crush it in sneaker game. And I just interviewed him. A couple episodes have gotten shelved. Uh, I just feel like the interviews just didn't go with, with not necessarily with, with me or with, with you. It just didn't. Yeah, but Brian's interview is good. Young Filipino cat doing it. Shout out to my potty Jeff from Riff for introducing us. And by the way, go download that Deadstock app. He's really revolutionized the game, and we'll get into it on the on that episode. But anyways, Kai's birthday this weekend. It felt fucking amazing to see my daughter smile and laugh. Right, it's been a long time since she's got to celebrate her day. You know, last year in the pandemic. You know, when she was kind of like, you know, obviously she understands things. She didn't have a birthday party last year. The year before that, she was too young. She didn't really get it, you know. And uh, we were in Cancun. You know, I was with her families and stuff. This is different. She had her friends, her real friends, you know. My wife did an amazing job. She made it a ballet, ballerina, Swan Lake theme. And, you know, all her friends had the matching tutus. And they were running around, swim party, food, all this shit. And with the help of the most amazing party planner ever, my friend Lorianne, a.k.a. Wife of the Party. On Instagram, she's at Wife of the Party. Lorianne was just starting out around like six or so years ago. And we hired her for Ryder's first birthday party. And we were like, look it, man, this is the budget, you know. And I'm not going to say what we spent, but, you know, we spent used Japanese cars money on his first birthday. We went hard. I went hard. I went motherfucking hard body on all three of my kids' first birthday. Ain't no free nothing. This shit was legit. We went hard. And it was a great celebration. 
But she turned right. London's birthday was amazing. It was great. But then she took it to the next level. And then Kaya's was just on a whole nother level. But she took that shit to levels I've never seen of a fiesta. She made it a fucking extravaganza to the max. Right? And since then, she's only gotten better. Kaya's birthday, first birthday was crazy, right? But she's just gotten better and better. She's built a company. She has fucking employees all over. She's just really just, she's just fucking amazing. Thank you, Lorianne. She's amazing. Listen, she's expanded her business. She works with Drake now, doing a bunch of Drake's parties. Um, she did a, a Drake event that I don't really want to talk about, you know what I'm saying? But you, she, he got put on blast for her. I'm sure you guys can figure that out. But she has so many other A-list celebs now. So if you need a party, you need somebody to do that. She's got it handled. That's why like, I don't ever hit anybody up for things like that. So we only hire her when, it, when it's like necessary, necessary. You don't want to do like small shit. But she would do anything we wanted, all right? Even if it was fucking poker night at the man cave, she would do it. But she's all the way legit. She don't do nothing small. We just wanted like a little chill little thing and she went like with the decorations or anything, she went crazy. Um, but yeah, she does everything from weddings to fucking quinceaneras to of course birthdays. But um, it was amazing. Thank you, Lorianne. Again, uh, by the way, after just three swim lessons, right? Three fucking lessons. Kaya can now swim without floaties. Like this shit is crazy. She's jumping off the little fucking ledge. Just wild. But yeah, um, oh yeah, thank you, Ben, my boy Ben at Postmates for catering uh, my daughter's birthday. Yeah, we had a fucking amazing fat burger, uh, Lucifer's pizza, fucking uh, Zanku chicken. It was fucking amazing. All the fucking Filipino food. And my mom made chop chen. She brought some kimbap and stuff. It was fucking amazing. It was so much food. It was fucking, I can't express, one, how grateful I am, right? And then two, how tough it is for a few certain age groups, right? And that's, one of them is the toddlers, okay? The ones who just barely started talking, barely started having friends, you know, got to see their friends once here and there. Like any kid right now, between the age four and like nine, or even 12, that shit's tough. You don't get to see your fucking friends. Not getting to see your friends during the pandemic, like due to the pandemic, shit got fucked up, right? And of course, the other age group is, is the ones who graduated high school last year, like my nieces did. They didn't have a fucking prom or a graduation. That sucks. I don't care what nobody says. Like, fuck with your mentals. You know, some people, whatever, they need that shit. Some people really need friends. Some be like, oh, I don't give a fuck. I do whatever. Look, that's cool later on in life. Okay, when you've adapted, you've lived enough life, you understand how to figure out shit, okay? When you're a teenager, you're a toddler, you ain't, you know, that, you ain't that ain't just life. What kind of fucking bullshit is that? It's tough. So I was just really hyped to see my daughter have fucking interaction with her friends, have fun, have her cake, have her party, have everything that she wants. That's why I put the hours in, you know, that I do. Speaking of the pandemic, guess what, guys? We're not out of it yet. <laughs> Shit ain't lingering, okay? It is still here, and it's invited some of its homies, Delta and Lambda, right? The fuck is up with these frat names? But yeah, look... I gotta say rest in peace to the homie Steph. Um, as his acquaintance can't say he was a good friend of mine, right? But he was a super anti-vaxxer. And I didn't even know that. Never knew that. My boy fucking um, Lucky I Am had to show it to me, right? And I ain't seen him in a while. But he was real chatty about how he thought vaccines were dumb and all this other shit and how God got his back. Okay, let me stop the tape real quick. I'm here to tell you guys right now. God has nothing to do 
with the virus, okay? I'm not here to diss religion, but if you think prayer is going to protect you from a virus or your stupid actions and dumb shit behavior, then okay, go right ahead. Let me know how that works out. In fact, I'll interview you on the show, okay? Steph was only 34 years old and that shit took his life, okay? From the way that he died, the way he was breathing, he died of that pneumonia, just like, like you know my cousin Rex did. If he was vaccinated, if he was fully vaxxed, he'd be alive right now, okay? I say that with the utmost confidence, right? I had doctors here yesterday, you know, my wife's relatives are doctors, ER doctors, running hospitals, right? Look, again, it's your body, your decision, okay? The only problem with that statement is your dumbass decisions can affect other people's lives. But look, ideally, it is your decision, okay? You know, New York got it right. Don't understand why, you know, we can't. And, uh, you know, the areas that are fucking getting hit the hardest, the areas that are vaccinated the least. It ain't fucking rocket science. This is really, you know, it's science, but it's this is what it is, man. All right. Steph was from the IE, by the way. It's just fucking crazy. You know, that's, you know, you probably went to Vegas, motherfucking went to LA, whatever. Just like, guys, be careful. Okay. Shit is getting ugly. Vegas said they were going to make an announcement. I seen motherfuckers out partying. My boys is out there DJing, whatever. Cool. DJs have a little bit more protection stuff, but look, I think it's going to get uglier. All right. It doesn't take a genius to know that Florida will probably be the first state to hit herd immunity. Okay. And the reason why I say that, rolling loud. All right. That was surefire proof of that alone. On that note, look, I really got nothing to say about rolling loud. Don't give a fuck. I'm just old. Don't care. You know, the performance is just not impressive to me at all whatsoever. There's way too much content out there. There's way too much repetitive. People are seeing the same shit. I know people are just desperate, whatever, and kids are just, but it's just like not the same. It Everything's just too accessible. But you know what? Rolling Loud, you know, it's good that they're paying people, whatever. I guess I'll care when I'm at Rolling Loud LA with Cuddy because Cuddy's headlining. But to be honest, you know, that's going to be during flu season, all that shit in December. We will even see if that shit even goes down. Okay. People just have been acting a fool out here, got too excited, thought that shit was sweet, thought that coronavirus was gone. But motherfuckers are dying. Motherfuckers are getting sick as fuck. All right. Vaccinated people are catching this Delta too like it ain't shit. But guess what? Vaccinated people are recovering quicker than fuck or barely feeling it. Meanwhile, for some reason, all the people I know who got really, really sick in the last three weeks weren't vaccinated. Okay? The ones who did get COVID. I know a motherfucker, my neighbor got COVID. He got the antibodies and then he got the vaccine and then got motherfucking a different strain of COVID again. Like, you know, come on, bro. The fuck? Anyways, enough about that. Had to say my piece. No more talk about any kind of viruses, or pandemics or anything else, whatever. It ain't political science, okay? It is time for a quick commercial break and then the interview time by you guys, the listeners. I don't like saying fans. You know this, you know what I'm saying? But it is what it is. All right, so we'll be right back with fan questions. Yo, Miles, hit me with that Lakey Inspired.
When running a business, HR issues can kill your company. Wrongful termination suits, minimum wage requirements, labor regulations, and more. And HR manager salaries aren't cheap. An average of $70,000 a year. Bambi, spelled B-A-M-B-E-E, was created specifically for small businesses. You can get a dedicated HR manager, craft HR policy, and maintain your compliance all for just $99 a month. With Bambi, you can change HR from your biggest liability to your biggest strength. Your dedicated HR manager is available by phone or real-time chat or via email. From onboarding to terminations, they customize your policies to fit your business and help you manage your employees day-to-day, all for just $99 a month. Month-to-month, no hidden fees, cancel any time. You didn't start your business because you wanted to spend time on HR compliance. Let Bambi help. Get your free HR audit today. Go to Bambi.com slash baller right now to schedule your free HR audit. That's Bambi.com slash baller. Spelled BAM to the B-E-E dot com slash baller. All right, guys. So this is the part of the show where we answer uh, fan questions, right? That is somebody uh, or anyone. Go to the Behind the Baller official page on the Apple Podcast. You can do it on an iPhone or an iPad. Don't believe you can do it on a laptop. Go to the official podcast area. Go to the Behind the Baller page. Leave a five-star review in a question format. We do this about once a month, but realistically ends up being like every five, six weeks. Okay, it's been a minute. All right, so let's get started. Uh, you see me photo writes, what's up, Mr. Ben Baller? I need advice. I'm going to make a t-shirt. Should I pay people to promote it or just give it to them and hope they wear it? Thanks, Ben. Best podcast in the world. Uh, bro, <laughs> it depends on what kind of t-shirt you're making, right? If you can pay somebody to promote it, great. Make sure it's a motherfucker that really is going to go work and do their thing. Okay. Should you give some to people and hope they wear it? Yeah. You know, I mean, you should do it both. If you can't afford it, definitely do both, you know? And again, what kind of people are you paying? You know, influencers, celebrities, like what, you know, you got to break that down to, to, you know, it's hard to even, look, not everyone's accepting a check, you know, that there's the right people, there's the wrong people. Then there's people, you know, it's really cool if you could build up some organic, you know, shit with your friends. So see if your friends are rocking for free first, you know, maybe a girl, I don't know, you know, do that shit first and then see what happens. Um... Ralph Sinatra writes, Ben Yang, the Doge King, uh, day one follower of BTB, day one follow of everything BB. I got my wedding band, even from IF and Co over 10 years ago. Question, what are your thoughts on giving out free apparel and promotional merchandise to build brand recognition? I recently started a street apparel line and a skate deck street line. My apparel and decks are ready to hit the streets, but was was wondering if I should shoot a bunch out to influencers, celebs, athletes first for free, uh, I know the power of social media and influencers. Any info would be great for a new starting company, Ralph Sinatra. Uh, that was a little bit more in-depth and very fucking weird. That, By the way, guys, just so you know, I answer this in real time. 
Meaning, I'm sorry, I don't look at these questions before Mr. Jordan Winter pulls them, sends them to me. I don't look at them until it's time because I want my brain to be fresh. I want this shit to be, you know, spontaneous, boom, here it is what it is. So, uh, Ralph, um, you know, when it comes to skate decks and that shit, obviously you want to hit skaters, right? And if you can't hit skaters because of sponsorship deals, then yeah, hit motherfuckers that are cool, right? Of course, you know, um... I would even fucking, I mean, I don't know. Again, you know, it's difficult because it's hard to say if people are out there, right? I was going to say go to Venice Beach. Motherfuckers, I might be skating out there. So hit a popping skate park anywhere with motherfuckers that's really skating at and be like, yo, I got some decks here. Boom. Motherfuckers like the shit. You know, people are broke, whatever, who knows? You would be surprised. There might be some dudes who have forty to 60,000 followers that are good skaters, but they don't have a million followers and they still, you know, they're because you, you believe in them, they're willing to believe in you. Right now, when it comes to the apparel and streetwear and clothes and shit like that, I mean, you know, it sucks, right? But again, I was telling the other dude, it'd be nice if you get a team of your homies and they're wearing it and you're out, whether it be a fucking Disneyland or somewhere, a fucking Dame Busters at the mall, somewhere sees someone sees it, they might like it. People browse all the time. I walk around, see shit here and there, be like, oh yeah, boom. I see a lot of people wearing the same shit where they were off white or fucking chrome heart shirts or anything. But if I see something that catches my eye, I'd be like, all right, cool, you know, I see it. So, you know, it's just people who are going to be out and about in the streets and then obviously on social media. So, yeah, that's where I think you should do. But uh, there are other ways to get around that as far as like paid advertisements. And that's just, you know, a whole different thing. And it's expensive. Oh, man. Uh, Mr. John C. writes, fight back. Yo, Ben, what's good, man? We've met a couple of times. I work in the hospitality industry in L.A., Big fan since the YouTube days. My question is very personal and I actually can't relate at all because my dad is a great man and he's never hit me. Not even once. But I want to know, have you ever tried to fight back or thought about punching your dad when he was hitting you? I see how you are with your kids and brother, you broke the curse. If your dad was beaten by his dad and his dad before that and so on, you change your family's curse so prop to you. Uh, keep up the good work with the podcast, John C. Um, no, man. You know, it was such a different level of, he was like Suge Knight and I was fucking, not even Daz. I was like a fucking studio engineer. I was like such a smaller person. I thought about one day being like, yo man, what's the fucking police? But it was so crazy the way they had mentally fucked me and my brother's kind of like, yo, you really want like that? This is just what it is. And you want dad to take him away from jail. Then we go to a foster home and all this crazy shit. I was like, God damn. Like I was stuck in a fucking, in a bad situation. It was like a, I was in a catch fucking 55. Right, I was just fucked and fucked. So um, it, it's I can't explain to you, man. You know, even though you know he didn't do it when I was older, right? I mean, he did it when I was like 15 one time, and after that, I was just like, you know, I was running the streets. But like when I was getting like the main good lickings, it's probably like eight, nine, ten, seven years old, whatever. I mean, dude, my dad is fucking, you know, five eleven, two fifty. Solid as a motherfucker. Like my dad was strong. My dad played goalie, played soccer. Like, oh, he was fucking maybe in better shape at my age now than he than he, you know when he was forty eight. Was probably better shape than I was in now. Okay, but yeah, no, I didn't think about it. You know, it's just it is what it is, man. Had to bring it out. Appreciate the support though. Okay, uh, Alan the Painter writes big congrats on episode two hundred of Fire Content. Ben Love Cuddy's interview. And the fact that he came up with Dan Knight while working his security job. A couple of fan question episodes ago, I submitted a question asking if you'd be up for an offer of me doing some free painting for you uh, after hearing that you were up for it and would like to have your office painted. 
I would like to know if you're still up for it and see what would be the best way of getting a contact or something. Um, you know what, bro? I, Alan the Painter, I don't remember ever saying that. I'm sorry. don't remember ever saying <laughs> I'd be down for you painting uh, the office and stuff. I don't really know because um, you're talking about art, right? You're not talking about, I don't, I don't even know. Are you talking about like a painting of me? You're talking about artwork of yours? Or are you talking about painting the office? I don't even know. Yeah, I'm confused, bro. But you know what? Submit your work to the um, um, behind the baller pod at gmail.com and let, let's see what you got, bro. All right. All right. Uh, Jose Cab Six, been a day one listener, big fan of the show since the jump. Watched almost all the episodes since then, and it's been great hearing your takes on all the current events. My question is if you were to have your own radio station on GTA 6, what would it be like, and what songs would you play? Most uh, much love from the OC. If I had my own fucking radio station, um. What songs would I play? I wouldn't play anything new. That's for goddamn sure. I'd play a lot of just random shit. When I say random, I mean, there'd be a lot of R&B in there. Be a lot of random alternative music. Be the golden era hip hop. You know, just be a lot of random shit, man. It'd be a lot of random shit from 1970 to motherfucking 2010. Okay? That's straight up. That's as best as I can answer that. You know what I'm saying? All right, uh, Danny Boy eighty six writes, "Ben, much love. I really enjoyed these IG stories of your vacation, especially the steak and lobster you posted. Make me want to try the restaurant." Question: Do you ever plan to open up an IF and Co in Texas? If you do, what city and why? Uh, Danny Boy, thank you so much. I have zero intention ever to ever open IF and Co in Texas. If we ever got that big to the point, well, not necessarily the big, we could, right? But if we got to the point where we had to just put one in every state, right? I wouldn't. You know, I just, I have zero, you know, there's too much saturation in Texas now. I wouldn't want to step on either Jimmy's or Johnny Dang, all them, whatever. It's just like, I wouldn't want to be there. It's a different demographic. I'm good. Love Texas. No, nah, I'm, I'm good. I'm in the business there. Andrew2001 writes, cinematography, passion. Yo, what's up, Ben? Huge fan. Thanks for the free game. My question is, what made you want to go to school for cinematography? I'm 20 years old and I've been thinking about going to school for it. I feel like it's something I might be passionate about but I'm not truly sure yet. And I'm trying to find my passion right now. Do you have any advice on finding your passion as a young man? Much love. Thank you all for the free game. Ever since I was a little tiny kid, my brother would watch movies with me and stuff. So I watched everything. Like I said, I watched Stir Crazy and fucking Mommy Dearest and Back to the Future, Star Wars and everything. And I was just a big George Lucas fan. So, you know, growing up, I was like, man, I want to direct. I saw Penny Marshall. You know, you guys were way too fucking young to remember a TV show called Laverne and Shirley. I used to watch the show and Penny Marshall ended up becoming a big director. She directed Get Shorty and a couple other things and other people, Ron Howard. You know, I was a huge Happy Days fan and he ended up being a fucking huge fucking, you know, director. And so I just was really into movies and music videos and things. And I worked, you know, the um, even though I played sports as my extracurricular activity, you know, I did editing. So I was editing videos and shit. I even fucking edited my teams, my basketball teams, uh, videos and shit back then. No fucking idea where that is now. Um, but yeah, man, finding passion, that's tough, dog. But when you're 20, you know, there's a lot of things you want to do, you know? I mean, if you have no, I mean, at 20, shit, there's got to be something, you know? At 20, I was like, all right, look, I want to do music and I want to do fucking movies and that's it. So you figure out which one you can get to first. And, you know, it was, I was doing movie shit, but I was like, nah, fuck that. You know, and music's what got me, well, where I got in, where I fit in, I got in where I fit in, man. 
Santitos91 writes, IE love. Yo, what's up, man? Congratulations on making it to episode 200. I've been tuning in since episode one from the IE. You know, we got love for you, big bro. Monday, 719 is my 30th birthday. If Miles would pick my question and you would answer from my B-Day, that would be 100. It is, uh, by the way, past 719, right? So happy belated birthday. You said it's been a while since you've been in the IE on episode 199. What's your craziest, dopest memory while visiting this area? Uh, craziest, dopest memory is all of us used to go to, I just thought of it immediately right now. We used to always go to Homicide's house in Claremont. And um, there was an elephant bar, a restaurant called the Elephant Bar. It was kind of like the coolest, fanciest restaurant in fucking that area at the time. And me and him met some chicks, Filipino chicks. And uh, <laughs> fucking so we just got super drunk. And went back to Homicide's crib. And then he invited some other girls, whatever. And this fool decided to have like triple X hide and go seek. And it was just fucking, it was just a wild ass night. It, it was just hilarious. And this is some wild ass off the record shit. But yeah, man, you know, I was messing with some chick in his, like, his guest room. And he was trying to bust the door down and act a fool. And uh, it just ended up being crazy. Oh, you know what was crazy? What, what made it crazy? Sorry. The chick's boyfriend somehow, no idea how the fuck she found out where Craig lived because Homicide lived in a very nice, he lived across the street from Snoop. He lived in like a $3 million crib back in 2002. So you know, that's a, way, that's a lot more money. This is a big deal. Real nice area, man. And um, the boyfriend was busting the door. He's like banging on the door. So, you know, we had some homies and we had to pull up on dude. And you know, it just got a little crazy. But yeah, yeah, I had, you know, we, we used to go out there all the time. And I mean, you know, Homicide lived in the IE. So yeah, I, I can't wait to see the IE. Uh, was it August 6th? August 7th? I forgot. Whatever Friday that is in the first Friday of August, I will be there at Cookie San Bernardino, y'all. Alexis G, female listener. Uh, podcasts just aren't my thing. I'm more of a YouTube watcher. But my husband introduced me to Ben Baller. And let me tell you, I am now part of the BB Army. It's actually BTB, Alexis. Uh, I love his washed up ways. He's raw, honest, and caring. I love his love for his family. His loyalty and respect for his wife is admirable. We have a daughter similar to Kaya's age. So hearing the stories about her and my boys are fight favorite. I hope she doesn't get drawn on anymore during her naps. Okay, Jordan, I'm going to kick your motherfucking ass. This is an actual just straight review, bro. By the way, Alexis, thank you very much. And you made it on the show. Uh, I need to read these things a little fucking better. Jody Joe writes, Bear Brick. Hey, man, it's me again. Nothing serious. I don't really care, but to be honest, I won the Bear Brick and I still haven't received it. Just curious as to what is happening with the network guys. LOL, blessings, my G. I care, Jody Joe. So let me ask you something. Do me a favor. Please email behindtheballerpod at gmail.com. Okay? This is going live. Right? And I'm going to message the owner of network because he should send you your fucking bear brick. I'm actually really bummed out about that. I'm pissed off because that's just not how things go down here. Uh, motherfuckers that win, they get their shit. Full transparency, guys. Full transparency. Christian Ortega 007. Hey, Korean John Cusack, a.k.a. K-Town Don. Yo, man, just saying thank you for all the free game. Uncle Ben been following you since MySpace days. Wow. My question is, how do you manage to move from a nine to five to working, managing a successful business and becoming successful. I'm from South Phoenix, Arizona. Thanks, Uncle Baller. Much love. Well, the thing is, the nine to five is where, you know, depending on the nine to five, right? If you're on nine to five, that, you know, you could elevate and get up to a different level. You know, there's nine to fives like in and out. 
and you can make six figures. You know, you can legit make six figures being a manager in and out, make a lot of money. You can make six figures at other places that are, you have to see where, the, where you're working at. You're working just a regular plain Jane job where like, you know, the cap is at like 50K, if that, you know, that's when you need to figure out, okay, how much time do I have here? What does my credit look like? Or is my credit good? All right, cool. It's getting harder to take loans out these days because of the pandemic. So, you know, you got to figure out, all right, well, now I got the nine to five. All right, my credit is good. Okay, it's time for me to make a move. All right, maybe you take a loan out. Maybe you use your credit cards. I don't know. Then you figure out something that you want to do. Is you want to sell on Amazon? There's a lot of different hustles, believe it or not. People are fucking printing on hydro flasks and making money. They're doing t-shirts, doing a bunch of stuff on Amazon, on different things. There's so many different things you could do. Then from there, you repeat and, you know, saying progress, you know, get bigger, stack, keep stacking, get wider, get fatter, get bigger, stack, repeat, keep doing it. You know what I'm saying? From there, obviously, you become successful. From there, you can start different hustles, you know? You know, you, you got to start somewhere. You know, I started with sneakers, right? And then, you know, from there, just open different opportunities. And you, but you, I, again, sorry, guys, when you ask these questions, I need, I mean, look, you guys are typing heck shit out here. Just type it all. Be more motherfucking descriptive, please. Kokini123 writes, Joe from Queens. Benz, what's good? Now that everything is opening up, can the East Coast get some love with the meet and greet in Queens or something? Maybe when the Dodgers play the Mets, you and Dwight can finally do the autograph signing. Peace out, Ben. Uh, Joe, man, you wrote this question 10 days too soon, man. It's, it's starting to get real ugly. But you know what? The East Coast is kind of cool. So, uh, Jordan, you down to go to Queens, bro? That'd be actually fucking pretty dope, right? Yeah, man. You know, me and Jordan, that's Jordan's backyard right there. You know what I'm saying? Hit flushing. And you know what? That'd be dope. Yeah, definitely. You know, I got to think of something. Dwight's wanted to do a signing with me for a while. We'd have to go buy some cards because I don't have any anymore. I've sold them all. Actually, we got the posters, right? We got the prints, the real art prints. But yeah, man, you know, um, I'm going to be out there next month, God willing, if everything doesn't get shut down and shit, whatever. Uh, don't know if I'm doing a meet and greet out there, but we're going to figure it out. I don't know what the fuck. This guy wrote a bunch of emojis. He wrote the pill emoji, the clown emoji, the alien emoji, the demon emoji, the eyeball emoji, and a dolphin emoji. All right. VD is a Samoan sumo wrestler, a.k.a. I don't fucking know what the fuck this dude's guy wrote. Uh, do you think the watches like RM, Patek, AP, and Rolex are in a bubble? They are fetching the biggest premium yet. How do you price your watches? They're in a bubble for sure. And when it crashes, it's going to be fucking ugly. Now, you know, I just don't like RM and I just feel, I just, I don't believe it. There's nothing gives me any reason to believe it. I don't care if the prices go up here and there. It's all manipulated. It's all cap. Okay. Um, they're a company founded in 1992, trying to compete with companies from the 1800s and the greatness. And again, the way they gifted their watches, the way they did certain things. I'm just not really a big fan. I don't care what they look like. It's not my style. It's not for me at all. Uh, Patek, AP, Rolex, you know, they're telling people that the watches are rare. As far as Rolex, I know that this is a fact. Rolex is not producing less watches every year. They're producing more than they've ever have. And it's just the demand is really high. Cool. Uh, Patek has always been something that's going to... They've been very good at you know maintaining their business. AP now manages RM, uh, Richard Mill. So APs, you know, they're cool. It's just... Eh, I don't know, man. You know, it's, it's weird shit, bro. You know, they're doing weird collaborations. I, I just... But it's definitely a bubble. How do I price my watches? I mean, I don't. You know, there's just a market for it. It is what it is. It just sucks. You know, I've got in at the wrong time. I've got in at the right time. I've sold at the wrong time. It's kind of like crypto. 
You know, it's just, a, it's an ugly time right now to buy any kind of watch. And I'm just not, I mean, thank God I have all the watches I need. Israel916 writes, uh, engage ring question. What up, Ben? My name is Israel. And I have been listening to the podcast since day one. And I've never missed an episode. You get me through the hard days at work and put me on game. Thank you for all the work and the team uh, that you guys put on the show. Listening to another podcast, you can really tell the difference in production coming out from behind the baller pod. Thank you very much. Uh, continues, I'm looking for advice and help choosing out an engagement ring. I want to propose to my high school sweetheart of seven years, and I've been shopping around at jewelry stores, but I feel like all the salespeople are just trying to get over on me, not only price, but also quality. My girlfriend is not materialistic at all, so she doesn't care how much it costs. She just wants a simple silver band with a single diamond. I have about two or four K to spend. Any advice? Thank you, big homie. Keep the episodes coming. P.S. Can we get Drake on the pod? Let me answer the PS first. Could we drink on the pod? We could. I'd have to reach out to him and see what's good. Uh, we talked about the Aristotle 200 thing, and I don't really want to get too much into it, but uh, he did a drop for it. Um, it didn't. We didn't put it on the episode, and maybe I'll use it for something else. But okay, let's get to the ring. A simple silver band, and you're not going to use silver. Okay, by the way, you're going to use white gold, maybe 14 karat. I suggest 18 platinum if you can afford it. But you know, a band doesn't cost shit, Okay. That's called a Tiffany setting. So just really, uh, if you look up Tiffany setting, that'd just be the cleanest setting. I think you should go with the one carat, okay? And make sure you go with a SI1 or a VS2. If you go VS2, you can go all the way to a K or L, but just make sure that all the three Cs are good, right? Which I hate using, using those fucking, those. that's not what I use. But realistically, you don't want any fluorescence. Now, the thing is, if you have slight fluorescence, Give you actually a little bit of extra shine when you're in a nightclub or you're out somewhere. If you're out in the sunlight, it might hit it. It'll make it look a little different, which is cool. If you're hitting an SI1, you don't want to go anything worse than an I or an H. But you should be able, if you got 4K, you're not going to get one at the mall. You have to find, you know, a great deal somewhere. You have to look really hard. Okay. Um, in fact, you know what, Israel? Email behind the baller pot at gmail.com and I'll give you a really, really good site that'll give you an idea of where you can get a really nice ring and get thing, you know, whatever. I wish I had the time to do it. I would, but I don't. Um, Mike Rapport hit me for some joy recently. And I didn't even fucking get back to him on that. That's just to let you know. But if you could scrounge up four, I promise you later on, you'll make that money back and even more. That's what happens with the nice ring. When you do it right, the ring I'm talking about, you're gonna have to spend eight to 10,000 at a mall, so good luck, man. Jones Carrera writes, what's good, Ben? Had a bit of question about accountability. I heard how you're in awe of Steel Will Do It guy, despite him being a Trump supporter, because he's making and will make so much money. Is that your, hold on, first of all, being in awe, that's a strong word. Think I admire slightly the fact that this guy's donated so much money to hard work in Mexican people and lower than lower middle class and poor people and bought them cars. Let's continue. Is that your personal requirement to look past things? Like you understand he supports a white nationalist abuser, fraudulent guy, but he makes money. So he's a cool dude. People with large sums of money definitely influence our government. So why embrace him seeing that he roots for our country to head down a path, not safe for individuals that look like him. Your trough is pretty good, by the way. Hey, appreciate this question. 
look, Steve's going to do what the fuck he wants to do. And I can tell from his upbringing in Florida and the way his dad is and the way his family is and where he came up, that's how he was raised. Now, is it my job immediately directly to change his mind? Honestly, to tell you the truth, it's not my responsibility, okay? I can only handle what's directly in front of me, what has my last name, and that's what I got to take care of first and foremost. Just because they got money, this shit don't matter. I don't look past anything. It is what it is. You realize that I'm fucking friends with Trump's fucking campaign manager, Kimberly Guilfoyle. Do you know what I'm saying? Like I was going to have fucking Donald Trump Jr. on the show, and I don't care because I, I usually have left and right, you know? I've had Dave Vegas Dave on the show. He's a big scumbag. But, you know, I had Jordan Shacktails completely believes in the opposite of what I believe in when it comes to, you know, um, COVID. Cole Harris, you know, wealthy entrepreneur. Me and him don't see eye to eye all the time. He's a fucking, he's a far right dude, for sure. I'm like barely right. You know what I'm saying? So the money doesn't mean anything. I don't look past anything. It, it is what it is. You know, you know people individually. Do I think he's a good heart? Yeah, I think he's a good dude. He's a solid guy. You know, he's tied into some people I know that are very, very good guys. So, you know, that's just what it is. Just like the broadcast boy said, even Michael Jordan misses shots. Trump supporter is what it is, man. You know, I don't fuck with Trump, so it is what it is. Um, The mayor of West Covina writes, Ben Baller, a.k.a. the godfather of L.A. Uh, what are your top three favorite hotels in L.A.? I know you like the Western Bonaventure Going to Vegas soon. Any good wrecks for small lounges in Vegas where you can sit and get a table bottle and dance to some hip hop? Not trying to go to a huge club like Omni or Excess. You know what, bro? Let's just start with Vegas real quick. There was this place called Blush I used to fucking love. There's a small little uh, little lounge in the Bellagio that was really good. Those are fucking long said and done. If you want something like that, I would recommend you hit up my boy at DJ5 on Instagram message him and just say, hey man, Ben Baller told me to hit you up. Boom. He's going to give you the best fucking spots. Now, as far as three favorite hotels in Los Angeles, I think the addition is definitely probably one of my most favorite. The Waldorf is, is up there. Shit, man. Casa del Mar is one of them up there. Uh, it's where, you know, we got married. Um, if you get a bungalow at uh, the Chateau Marmont, Sunset Manor Hotel is obviously really nice. Um, trying to think of what else. In downtown LA, you know, the Ritz is obviously really nice. WP35 is a fucking amazing restaurant. Uh, I love the West of Bonaventure for, you know, the nostalgic reasons. I wouldn't stay there. Sorry, just trying to be real with you, man. I got, you know, it's not terrible. You know what I mean? It's a four star. It's just their restaurant and their bar. Their bar, it's not about music. Their bar is just a legendary spot. It is a low-key, legendary, down-low, super-fly spot. And the restaurant is fucking phenomenal. It's above. It's just it's just nice. Great vibes. I've never, ever had a bad meal, bad time, nothing. I've had nothing but great fucking times at the Western Bonaventure. Um, I hate that I gave you guys one of my little hideout spots. We used to have Dr. Dre's birthdays up there. It's crazy. But yeah, obviously the Pole Lounge is great. I mean, the Beverly Hills Hotel is great. I'm not really a big fan of the rooms. You know, they're kind of old-fashioned, but that's part of the whole experience of staying there. Captain Big Shirt, right? Plain Jane Doge Cleaning. Sub Robo, my name is Cap. I copped a Plain Jane Doge Coin Chain with my day job. Don't ever quit your day job, player. What is the best way to clean my pendant and chain? I don't want it to fade off the eyes and nose. Thanks, Pip. Keep up the show. The best podcast out there, no cap. If this 
makes the comments. Shout out to my blood cousin, Alex and Kells. Let's hit a mega Disney trip. Uh, cap, it is the best thing for the best thing for you to do is to buy the IF and Co. cleaner. No cap, no joke. IF and Co. jewelry cleaner is a foam cleaner. It was fucking amazing. Make sure you get a soft microfiber, not the ones they sell at Costco. Not the ones that they have anything. It's it's got to be one of those like non. You can get one on Amazon, but the thick ones, you know. And then you want to have like paper towel. You don't want to scratch your thing up too. But all you gotta do is spray that foam IF and Co cleaner on there. Leave it in there for a minute in a dish or a little small maybe a shot glass or something. And then after that, literally run, you know, cold water over it. Pat it down with the towel. Dry it off. Your shit's going to fucking shine every time, hard. So definitely go do that. It's the best cleaner out there, period. I use it all the time when I don't have access to my ultrasonic. Squid Stew Brew writes, love this show. I might be one of the few female listeners. I am a two-time entrepreneur who's not on the same level as Ben Baller, but want to be. Interesting insight and commentary. Love the interview with you and your wife and Edison Chen. Would love if you could talk more about Bear Bricks. Asian American from NYC, Squid Stew Brew. I really do appreciate the review. I did not. I thought this was going to be a question. <laughs> I will talk more about Bear Bricks. I need to make an episode once I figure out what we finalize on the Ben Baller Bear Brick edition. In fact, Edison is a part of that. He's the one who kind of, for the Worldwide Bear Brick Tour, if you guys know, that's what it started out. There's a Worldwide Bear Brick Tour. No joke. Uh, Slick Nick 27 writes, I got a question. Hey, Ben, did you ever get to know Theo, the DJ in the 90s on 92.3 The Beat? Any stories you can share? Do you know what he's up to nowadays? He was the first Asian I saw in hip hop scene. Love that guy. Theo was low key somebody I looked up to. Hung out with Theo maybe like two or three times, listened to him on the radio all the time. He was a fucking stud. Theo was one of the first dudes to get a major contract. And he was syndicated. His show was cracking. And, um, you know, when I was working at that nightclub uh, bar, sorry, restaurant, Creek Alley that Denzel owned, he would come by there. And he was killing it already at that point. You know, he was from the Bay. And then he came to LA. And he had all the dope drops from fucking Jay-Z, Ice Cube, and all kinds of other people. And um, he was killing it. Good looking dude, too, by the way. Any stories. You know, I just see him, you know, out and about. He'd be cool. I'm gonna, I'll tell you a story. I'm working for Dr. Dre, just got my fucking E30, not my E30, sorry, my E36, four-door BMW M3, it's lowered on Hammonds, and this motherfucker got a little exhaust, I'm just cruising down Melrose, and I'm going through, you know, like through Hancock Park area, right, boom, pass, I'm at, I'm at the light at Highland, and I look over to the right, there's a mobile station right to the diagonal right of us, but I'm just, I look over to the right, and this dude, Theo, is in a black 350 F355 Berlinetta, clean as a motherfucker. 1997 black spider. He was wearing like a hoodie, trying to be low key. I looked over, I was like, yo, Theo, what's good, bro? And he's like, yo, what's up? And he was like, you know, John is cool shit. He was wearing a head, uh, he, already, he already had a fucking earpiece for his cell phone. You remember, in 97, you had to be balling because phone bills could be fucking three, 4,000 a month then, okay? It was an analog. It wasn't no digital shit. So, you know, he pulled up on me. And so I was in the M3. I thought I was doing it. And he just crushed my soul at that point. I was like, yo, I got to know what that feels like, right? It was like a cool night. It was like, you know, 60 degrees, high 50s, low 60s. He had the top down, pulled up. 
And then we got to La Brea, he just took off. And I was like, damn, man, that shit fucked me up. And like now it's like, I don't get the same excitement, you know what I mean? Like it's just a different thing, but that was the only story I got. And by the way, guys, that was the last question. Do appreciate it. That was a nice little array assortment of questions, guys. And uh, that is it. We're going to hit, I think we got another real quick commercial, right? Yeah. Okay. All right, Miles, throw on some music. Let's hit this commercial. We'll be right back with the entire show. From forgotten free trials to automatic renewals, when big companies keep charging you, Truebill is your secret weapon to save you money on subscriptions you don't need. You'll never guess how much subscription companies charge you every month. On average, nearly $200. Make your subscriptions submit with Truebill. Truebill is an app that helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions you don't need or want or simply forgot about. On average, people save up to $720 a year with Truebill. Because companies make subscriptions hard to cancel, Truebill makes it incredibly simple. Just link your accounts and Truebill will cancel your unwanted subscriptions in one tap. You guys know how much I love Truebill. No cap. It has saved me thousands upon thousands of dollars and makes organization of my bills and spending habits easy. Truebill can also help you track and understand your credit score. Get the best rates on your existing bills, create a budget that works for you, understand and grow your net worth and get a pay advance when you need it. Eligibility varies. Truebill has over 2 million users and helps save them over $100 million. Go to the App Store now or the Google Play Store today and download Truebill today for free. Don't fall for subscription scams. Start canceling today at Truebill.com slash baller. Go right now to Truebill.com slash baller. It could save you thousands a year just like it has for me. Truebill.com slash baller. I know I just answered some fan questions, but I also answered some fan questions this weekend on Instagram, on my stories. And someone suggested that I should have my mom on BTB. And I said, honestly, that might be a fucking amazing episode. It's a fire idea. Because I don't know a harder working person in the world. And what she's done in her lifetime, I should hope. I could only pray that I could be, I can amount to half of what she's done and my life's not even over yet. You know what I mean? Like it's, and she's done. She's just chilling. Right. But yeah, that'd be fucking amazing. No joke. My mom was a beast. You know, first fucking Korean American business owner in Los Angeles County. She was like first five to, to have another thing going on. She was, my mom was, she's fucking jack of all trades. She's really just hard worker from food to fucking uh, sewing dresses. Um, I saw my mom yesterday actually for Kyra's birthday. I should have fucking asked her. She asked me to stop cussing, <laughs> which brings up, you know, it's funny as I say fuck a lot. And I do know that my boy, Daniel Arsham, famous artiste, reminded me 
via DM. He's like, yo, you say it a lot. And I'm like, you know what? I say it so much, I'm totally oblivious to it. I just, it's like fucking just, see, I just said it right there. I didn't realize it. I can't even catch it. So I watched this documentary on Friday or Saturday, I forgot, on North Korea by total accident because I was watching a murder doc mystery uh, documentary on Hulu. And you know, Hulu don't give a fuck. They just play the next thing, boy, and just keep fucking going. And I was barely paying attention to this murder documentary. And then all this North Korea talk comes in hot. What the fuck is going on? Hold on. If you know me really well, and not a lot of people do know me very well, I'm tidy. So I'm like OCD moving things around. I might have shit to do, but I can look at I got to move this fucking, I got to organize my paperwork. I got to organize the bills. I got to organize fucking my, my masks. Like dead serious. I got to organize my sanitizer. That's how serious I get and I'll go into it. So I'll sit back down on the couch and let me rewind this shit. Like, let me rewind this all the way back. Now, to be honest, I was fucking fascinated. You know, again, because obviously my fucking dad has, you know, his ties to North Korea. But this guy, Kim Jong-un, you know, he isn't the level of scumbag his father was. But seeing his upbringing was was a trip. Like him growing up in Europe and the secretive shit and his stepbrother. And I didn't fuck. I didn't know that fucking Kim Jong-il had fucking, you know, baby mamas. Like, that's fucking crazy. But when I think about, you know, how far and different, even though they're both dictators, whatever, you know, Kim Jong-un is not anywhere near as crazy as his dad was, right? But it would be fucking amazing in my lifetime if I could see Korea reunited. Like, if they fucking unified, that, that would just be fucking crazy, man. It'd be insane. Um, I won't say any more. I don't want to spoil it, but watch it. Especially if you are Korean, you gotta watch this shit. Shit is crazy. Don't be on that extra. I'm just super soul south. Like, just open this shit with the eye and just watch this shit with the open mind and realize how fucked up shit is over there. Okay. I wanna say more, but it's just, I just can't. But this dude, Kim Jong il, was really living the Dr. Evil. Like, he was like Dr. Evil living out like a for real James Bond movie. This guy's fucking weird as fuck. And like I said, yes, I know my father is from Pyongyang. And was friends with Kim Jong-un's grandfather, Kim Il-sung, a.k.a. the first president of North Korea. But it would take two hours to fully explain all of this. And I've talked about it briefly on the earlier episodes. But yeah, just saying. Watch that motherfucking North Korea documentary. It's fucking crazy. It blew my mind. Yeah, I also watched this little 2020. Um, is it on ABC 2020? Yeah, there's a 2020 doc on Ghislaine Maxwell. Anything tied to that piece of shit trash, Jeffrey Epstein, and I'm all about it. Anything that's got to do with Jeffrey Epstein that's new, or even, I've watched every fucking documentary on him. You mentioned that piece of shit's name, and I'm in there 1,000% like a bear brick, okay? And uh, her story is pretty crazy, too. I didn't know that she was from, I don't know her fucking dad was a billionaire and fucking bankrupt and all this crazy ass shit. Fuck that bitch, though, right? Anyways, Raising Canaan, still banging. That show is Raising, Ca Raising Canaan. Good fucking show. Episode two is out now. Shit is rough, tough, and dirty. Just like I like it. All right, man, it's so raw. Like, I love that 50 Cent got it down on this one. I cannot wait to watch the BMF series. Now, this is just some fucking insight, man, for... I was browsing an OG West Coast dude's page. 
someone who used to run with Eazy-E and NWA, right, was semi-popular during that 80s era. Um, he started some beef with someone, and I know this guy, okay? He used to come around the Priority Records offices a lot, and, you know, he he definitely has the basic skill set to produce and DJ and shit, and that was fine and dandy back in the 90s, okay, in the 80s, of course, but, you know, it's a different world now, producing-wise and everything, right? Some of these guys that are from that era were not the least bit resilient in any which way, and they're like almost like dinosaurs now. You know, and I go to their pages, and it's nothing but throwback pics. And what's even sadder is it's not even throwback pics of themselves. It's like constant memes with the celebrities that they used to kick it with and these things that make them feel better. And whatever, I get it. You know, there's self-therapy, but then like it's pictures of the celebs and like these are celebrities that don't even acknowledge them anymore in decades and it's pics of those celebs like i said not even of the these guys themselves it's just like yeah man i used to remember this story like come on bro like they're living in the past and they can't let that go because that's all they have now a sensitive person may might be listening right now and say hey ben why are you so hard on these poor guys not everyone's built like you you know that's fine. But at a certain point, when do you realize that you've been on an abandoned ship? When, when do you wake up and realize, yo, I'm on a sinking ship? And some of these ships have even sank, okay? Try to become a real estate agent. Work at a restaurant. Work at a retail store. Work construction. Do something. Music just ain't for you anymore, okay? Even if it once was. Even pros the NBA have to retire early and not by their choice. And someone's like, who are you to tell somebody not to go off their dreams? It's like at a certain point though, you know, you don't understand. Things change. And this shit is sad for real though, because look, when you're in your 50s, yes, when you're you're well in your 50s, even if you're 51, when I'm talking you're well in your 50s, you gotta realize those checks aren't gonna come and they haven't. You know, maybe you could eat off a documentary if you were popping enough or like really riding someone else's coattails you know, back then, but writing someone else's coattails, it just ain't going to cut it now because motherfuckers is like, at this point, if you were successful in the 80s and 90s and you're in your 50s now, bro, you're about to be a grandfather. If not, you are already. You're doing some other shit. You ain't got time to take care of another grown-ass man. You got to face reality and you got to bite the bullet. The sooner, the better too, okay? All those years from your early 30s, late 20s, to your fucking 50s, sweeping that shit up under the rug is only gonna make your life worse. You know, some people don't need a lot to be like, yo, man, you know, I got you, bro. Yeah, man, come by the studio, we're gonna figure something out. And it's like, you take that one thing and I can last three years. You're just waiting for that one, you know, that one hookup, that one thing. And sometimes it does. But again, when the gates close, clubs closed, sorry, hey, man, we're, we're done. Like, I promise you, man, <laughs> It's better to fucking deal with it and address it early, man. Don't be delusional. It's just sad to see my boy's page, man. But maybe it's time just to fucking grow up, you know? It's time to maybe read some books at that point. It's time to maybe even be a father to your children. Do something. Um, You know, I'm not working hard for me anymore. Like if I worry and I'm worried about a job or something... I'm worried about doing good, but at the same time, at the end of the day, the real underlying issue is that I'm worried 
about it because I want that to look good so that my kids eat off it. You know, if I have anxiety about something, it's usually because the underlying issue is something that I have to do with my kids. It's crazy. Okay. I'm literally working hard for my kids, not anything else. I got what I want. I've said this before. And so, you know, I got all I need. I'm just worried about them. I heard Shaq say this in an interview this week. Um, I saw it on Instagram. He was like, he said, you know what? I'm not going to give my sons any money. You know, I'm going to take care of my daughters because, you know, boom, take care of them, right? But I'm not giving my sons any fortune. They got to show me that they can run a business. They could do this. They got to show me they could go out and be a doctor. I want one of them to be a doctor. One of them to be this and this. And I'm thinking like, of, you know, Shakir and Sharif and and um and Miles, you know, and, uh, you know, I know all Shaq's kids, right? And Shaq's worth at least half a billion dollars. Bro, I'm not saying spoil your kids. Give me, bro, stop it. Okay? What the fuck, man? Yes, man, make them earn it. I get it. But if you die and that shit goes to someone else, you donate it. Like, bro, come on, man. Stop that fucking shit. You know, I actually wondered. That's why, like, you know, I know I let Sharif brawl my fucking Hellcat. And uh, I was like, yo, bro, this is fucking 100K. Just have your dad buy it. Because his dad, yo, Shaq used to go out and buy the craziest shit. He's not necessarily cheap. It's just, I don't know, you know, but Shaq had a really tough dad too. His dad reminded me of my dad. All right, so, you know, Obviously, Shaq turned out to be a different person than me. But look, man, I just feel like you work that tough. You got a great last name. I mean, bro, be tough on your kids. Again, I'm not here to tell you what to do with your money. But, you know, your legacy cheapens. You know, I feel like, you know, you just like, don't be that dude, man. I don't know. I, I just just I thought about it. I want everyone with my last name to eat well. And again, this ain't a diss to Shaq at all. You know what I'm saying? I, I fuck with his whole family, even his uh, baby mom's ex-wife. Anyway, pivot, man. Crypto is going crazy. Bitcoin broke 38K yesterday. That shit hit damn near almost 40K. The bitch is stabilizing right now. It is like, yo, everything went up. Ethereum is up, back up. Well, I mean, it's not back to where it was, you know, two months ago. But shit, it's up a little bit. Doge, is that motherfucker hit 22 cents? Like, let's fucking go. Let's start this bull run for real, for real, okay? And for those of you, I mean, you guys in the podcast do know, I talk about Doge, I mentioned at least once every episode, every single fucking episode, okay? I rarely talk about it on Instagram because the real crypto communities aren't on Instagram like that. They're on Twitter and on Reddit, all right? Anyways, guys, I'm headed to Chicago in two days. On Wednesday, I will be in Chicago for the national. I will be masked up, so do not ask me to take my mask down. If I feel like I need to or whatever I want to, I will. Don't trip, all right? Look, I think I'm going to be releasing my Kyle Lewis autos there as I don't have Sean anymore, don't have anybody running BBDTC. I'm going to figure that out in a little bit. But guys, guys, listen, very important news. I will no longer be signing anything BBDTC anymore. Yes, I have retired the BBDTC auto for good. I will only be signing things with my name, Ben Baller, just in different colors from now on. Okay, so I will start with my Kyle Lewis. I'll be releasing a one of three Kyle Lewis gold auto, Ben Baller auto. And then I'm going to be releasing a one of 10 Kyle Lewis blue Ben Baller auto this Thursday at the National, okay, in Chicago. If you guys go in there, pull up. Um, now, listen, sorry. I have about three or four VIP people that I promised I'd give this card to and sell it to. So that right there means I will only have maybe one or two of the gold ones for sale at the, at the National and maybe four, five, six, seven cards of the, the Blue Ben Baller Autos. So 
you know, if you're going to the national this Thursday, you're going to come up. I will be at the tops booth 1:30 PM this Thursday, the 29th. It's going to be a wild time in Chicago. Guys cannot fucking wait. I'm going to hopefully get some rest. I have been averaging three and a half, four hours of sleep every single day for the last 10 days. And, uh, anyways, see you guys in Chicago. Now look at, before we end this episode, I got to give a big, huge motherfucking shout out and congrats to my young G, Yuto. That is a real Tokyo hometown hero, okay? Dude's dad drives a taxi dog, okay? My boy Yuto won the first Olympic gold medal in skateboarding. And this is so big for Asians in a sport like this because, yo, what's crazy is ever since they announced that skateboarding is going to be in the Olympics, I knew my nephew, Nigel Houston, was going to win. Like, not only, like, he beat the Kobe Bryant of skateboarding, okay? Nigel's no joke. You know, that's my dude since he was fucking 10 years old. That's my boy. His sister, his mom, all fam and everything. But the crazy part about Yuto is I met him super randomly while I was shopping at Riff. I was like, you know what? I grabbed a skateboard from Jeff and I was like, yo, man, I want to get this shit done up. Wheels and everything, trucks, the whole nine. So I walked across the street to this OG spot called Non-Factory Skate Shop, okay? I brought my Supreme Deck in and he was there just chilling, literally quiet, shy dude, doesn't talk very much. The owner of Non-Factory Skate Shop is Japanese, super cool dude. And Yuto was already a pro at that time. He was already signed to Nike SB. And the owner of the skate shop was telling me, yo, man, this guy's a you know, big skater, boom, he's famous and everything, whatever. He had like 250,000 followers, whatever, whatever it was. And I was like, oh shit, okay. And, um, you know, Eric Costin, and a couple of my boys followed him. I was like, all right, cool. So I was wondering what the fuck he was doing there because he would go there more often than not. And I guess, you know, he felt more comfortable being around like a Japanese native. So, you know, we chopped up here and there. He was following me from that day on. And then I was like, you know, man, let me show this dude some love. You know, boom, we chopped up, talked about shit. And every time I was in Japan from after that, whatever, he would be like, oh, I miss being home, whatever. Next thing you know, he's buying a chain with me. This motherfucker shopping at IF Co., getting pieces done. Look, man, I just can't be more happy for this guy, man. Bro, salute, okay? I know you want that sushi piece. I mean, that's that diamond sushi piece. And, um... Yeah, no, I don't know, man. I, I just, that's fucking crazy. Yuto, congrats, man. I'm just, fuck. It's fucking amazing. Um, guys, that is it for this episode of BTB. I do appreciate you guys tuning in. Um, like I said before, download the Deadstock app. It is a sneaker app. My boy Brian is going to be on the show next Monday. Not this week, this week, this Thursday will be the national episode, I guess. But yeah, guys, that's it. Listen, guys, always remember make it a great day attack that monday all right attack that motherfucking monday so it feels like a thursday all right guys i love you god bless yo lakey lake take us out of here fam 